when it, when it comes to this idea of, of kingdom, it, it is one of the most broadest topics in the entire Bible. I, I, I think so, right? Because you hear that, you go, no, no, kingdom. It's like, you know, it's a castle. What's so broad about a castle, right? I've seen Braveheart, Lord of the Rings. I don't know if people watch good movies anymore. I saw a commercial for this new show on Disney Plus called Miss Marvel. And I mean, like, I love this song. You know, by the way, you're like, ooh, I'm blinded by the light. It's such a good song, right? That was one of the worst trailers to a TV show I've ever seen in my entire life. <laughs> Someone pointed out, that, like, this looks like a villain story because she's like, I want to be powerful. And then she gets power. And it's like, well, that's what Syndrome from The Incredibles did. He was an awful person. He killed all the superheroes. Like, this isn't a hero. Anyways, I digress. I digress, right? <laughs> Moving on. Um, <laughs> But, uh, uh, yeah, so anyway, so don't watch terrible stuff. Watch good stuff. So with, um, with kingdom, though, it is one of the most broadest topics in the entire Bible because when you really start to think about it and go down the rabbit hole, you begin to understand that if God is a king, then everything he does is kingdom. Amen. Right? If the king says something in his authority, because we know people, sometimes they just, they just say stuff, right? I, I think there's a very colorful way you can say of where they're talking from. And you know, okay, that's not exactly the king speaking. That's the person not speaking in their position. But the thing about God is he's perfect, and he's always the king. And he's always God. He doesn't go in for a term, God bless you. He doesn't go in for a certain amount of life, right? He just, it's not like any of that fun stuff that we see. No, no, no. He is always and forever eternally the king. So every single time he does something or says something, it is from the position of him being a king. So whenever God speaks... There's a principle of the kingdom there. Whenever Jesus does something, whenever he teaches a parable, whenever he does anything, it is an aspect of the kingdom being shown to us because God is into glorifying himself, and he's always into revealing himself to people. In the Old Testament, when he passes judgment, that's obviously kingdom. We don't think about that, right? We just think, well, that's because they're wicked, and that's recompense. Why is that recompense? Because the king said so. So every time that he does something, so when we start to think about that, we start to realize there's there's, there's almost a bit too much to talk about, <laughs> right? There's almost a bit too much to talk about with kingdom. And so our goal for the however long, we haven't really put a, a marker on how far we're going to do it. We're just going to talk till we feel ready to move on, um, is to really start to break it down. Yeah. And pa last week, Pastor West did a, an incredible job. There was a lot more he wanted to talk about, but he couldn't because, like I said, there's too much. But he, he really got into it and was talking about, like, what is the king, right? And, 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 and what is the kingdom? The king's domain. Or domain, right? Depending on the language that you want to speak, right? The king's domain, the area that he's in charge of. And we understand with the Bible that the uh, earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. And so, so, right, right, right. But we do understand that though Satan is present, that he is at work within the hearts of man, that before we were children of God, we were children of wrath, disobedience, right? That we were part of another kingdom. But in God's goodness, he translated us from the kingdom of darkness into God's glorious kingdom of light. And that word translated really talks about an instant moment. As soon as we've accepted Christ, we are instantly, instantly in the kingdom. Not a process. We are instantly in our life will reflect what happened instantly, but it takes time with us in our humanity. There is a process there, but instantly we are saved, much like the thief on the cross, right? If he had been given enough time to live a long life, we would have seen so much fruit out of his life, but we didn't. But we know he was saved because Jesus said, today you will be with me in paradise, right? And so that's a bit, they're talking about salvation, but even that, right, talks about kingdom, talks about citizenship, being a part of the kingdom is through salvation, through Christ alone. 
is how we enter into God's kingdom, right? And Jesus said, if any other man should enter in another way, that man is a thief and a liar. He says, I am the door. You must enter through me, right? And John, in First John says, if anyone says they have the Father but not the Son, they have neither the Father nor the Son. You have to have Jesus. You have to accept Jesus. But it's easy and it's free in John 3, 16, right? For God to love the world that whoever should believe in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. If you would just believe. I love the book of John. You can really put it down to a tagline. It is believe and live. Believe and live. I stole that from a Baptist. It was awesome. Believe and live. But uh, something that Pastor Wes really touched upon is a very complicated teaching that Jesus has, right? Where he says, the kingdom is coming. In fact, it is, it is now, right? It is here. What the heck does that mean? <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, I don't know if you guys saw the, the Batman. I loved the Batman. I was really anticipating that movie. And, oh, yeah, the Batman's coming, right? Like, like, like that, that, that movie's on its way. But you know what? It wasn't there. I, I, I couldn't watch it then. So apparently if something's coming, it's not now, right? And if it's now, then it's not coming because it's already here. So what is going on with the kingdom that it's coming and yet it's now? Well, that's, that's, that's kind of a bit of what we're going to talk about today. But if I can just sum it up, it is this. Um, God has housed his Holy Spirit within us. That, uh, this book, Book of Hebrews, please read it. Please read it. There's so many things I wanted to talk about, but I really just focus on one section of Hebrews. It says that all things that we experience here are a shadow of things that come in eternity. That the tabernacle, that the tent of meeting, that the temple was simply a shadow, meaning that we were experiencing an image cast off of a much more glorious thing, right? That we just got to experience beauty and wonder and all these incredible things in something that is really just a small portion, right? Just a small portion, right? Sometimes, depending on where the sun stands, your shadow's like this big, right? And sometimes it's incredibly long, but it's never really accurate to what you look like. And it doesn't really truly show who you are, right? And so the shadow that we've experienced has been wonderful. How much greater, right? How much greater the thing that's being cast off of? And that's a thing that's really spoken of quite a bit. And so how is the kingdom coming yet it's now? Well, it's now in us. And wherever we go, wherever we take God, his presence, right? There's this funny meme I saw on the internet that says, uh, I shudder to think of all the places that I took God. Right? You should think about that. You know, like, yeah, as a Christian, I really haven't been that great the whole time. I mean, I've been great most of the time. Listen, I, I'm going to brag on myself. I've been great. Right, I'm great lying in on Okay, okay, we're not going to get into it, right? I'm not going to lie in church, okay. <laughs> Doing better, right? No, um, where we take it, though, we, we take the presence of God. And if the presence of God is with us, then that's where he is. That's his domain. That's where God is. This right here, this is kingdom, right? It says that the God establishes his throne upon the praises of his people. God is present, sitting pleased with our worship as we worship God, his kingdom there. As we teach things in the Bible, we are proclaiming the words of the kingdom. The ancient Babylonian empire, they had an entire border around it. And uh, if you've ever taken the Rosetta Stone stuff, right, we're like, oh, I want to learn a language. And you spend like 60 bucks to get the level one Spanish. And you're like, I'm going to use this one time. You're like, okay, I'm not doing this anymore. That whole Rosetta Stone concept, the Babylonian kings would put stones out on the boundary, and on it were listed all of the laws and customs of the land. So that when you entered in, you knew what was going on. You knew, and I get to read some of those. It's really, really cool. And that's essentially what's going on here. We're, we're letting people know, hey, this is the kingdom that we're a part of, 
you can be a part of it too, but this is what's expected of you because things are expected of us. Amen? So the kingdom is now in that we are going out before the kingdom in a sense as, a, as apostles sent out, speaking of the greatness, much how Rome had their own form of apostles and they would send them out to other cultures and teach them of the Roman Empire before they showed up, right? That's what we're doing. Hey, guys, the kingdom's coming. Be a part of it now so when it shows up, you're a part of it. Amen? All right, I'm going to go ahead and pray, and then we're going to read some stuff, and we're going to, we're going to knock through this pretty quick, actually. Uh, Father, I just thank you for um, this opportunity to speak on kingdom, yes. on who you are, on what you've done for us, God, and on how much you love us, your intentions for us, God. I just pray that we would listen and receive, God, and that you would speak through me, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. amen. All right, so let's do uh, Hebrews chapter 11. We got uh, verses 1 through 16, and don't, don't roll your eyes, okay? It's only 16 verses, and it's great. You're going to be narrated by me, which is incredible, right? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'll be reading out of the ESV, the English Standard Version. It's a great version, really. Yeah, yeah. Um, it says in verse 1, Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen, right? For by it, the people of old received their commendation. What's a commendation? It's almost like receiving a medal, being approved. They were approved of by God for their faith. That's an important thing to remember right there. Faith, God, God honors, God loves, God respects faith right there. Moving on, by faith we, this is important, because as we move on through it, we're going to see by faith Abel, by faith Jacob, by, or not Jacob, it's going to say Abraham, by faith this person, that person. But the author of Hebrews says, by faith we. The first thing he starts off with is, honestly, the, 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 the audience of this book, but we can understand that he's also speaking much more in a spiritual sense also about us. So by faith we understand that the universe was created by the word of God so that what is seen was not made out of things that are visible. And then he moves on to characters in the Bible. But he first says, our belief that God created everything that is by faith. And we stand and we attest to that. Amen? Amen. Moving on. By faith, Abel yes. offered a much more, sorry, offered to God a more acceptable sacrifice than Cain. And at this part, I, I, I really want to kind of emphasize on something. Since we're talking about kingdom, God is the king. So we're going to read it like this. By faith, Abel offered to God the king a more acceptable sacrifice than Cain through which he was commended as righteous. God, the king, commending him by accepting his gifts. So the king commended, approved of Abel, right, by his gift. And through his faith, though he died, he still speaks. And that was the honor that God gave Abel. By faith, Enoch was taken up so that he should not see death. And he was not found because God, the king, had taken him. How personal is this king? God, the king, had taken him, right? Now, before he was taken, he was committed as having pleased God, the king. And this is an important verse, verse 6. And without faith, it is impossible to please him. It is impossible to please the king without faith. For whoever would draw near to God, the king, must believe that he, the king, exists. And that he, the king, rewards those who seek him, the king. By faith, Noah, being warned by God, the king, 
concerning events as yet unseen, right? So the king commissioned an edict and said, you got to build this because this is coming. Yes, absolutely. It's not some ambiguous voice that he heard and he got goosebumps during a prayer session. It was the king said, you got to build this right now. And he honored God as, as the king and he hopped to it and he made it happen when everybody else ridiculed him. We're actually going to see what happened to them. In reverent fear, he constructed an ark for the saving of his household. By this, he condemned the world and became an heir of the righteousness that comes by faith. Their, their lack of faith in God, their lack, as we see in uh, Genesis chapter 6 through 8, of being pure and, and honestly living the way that God had established that they should, they were condemned for that sin. But Noah and his whole household were saved because of their reverent fear and awe and honoring of the king. By faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to a place that he was to receive as an inheritance. And he went out not knowing where he was going, right? And sometimes that feels like us, right? You got direction from God. We're like, God, we don't know what you're doing. You're in great company. That's, that's all of us. Remember how I was saying, hey, you know, everybody goes through pain. It's not that it's insignificant. It's just that it's, it's common. Everybody goes through it. Everybody feels a little lost. Everybody feels a little bit directionless, Right? But that's a great place to be because that really affirms that we're all doing it together, that we're all moving forward together. Hey, you feel this too? Maybe I'm not messed up. Maybe I'm not wrong. Maybe, maybe God's teaching me something because he's teaching you something too right now. Amen? And he went out not knowing where he was going. By faith, he went to live in the land of promise as in a foreign land living in tents with Isaac and Jacob, heirs with him of the same promise. And I love this verse, verse 10. For he was looking forward to the city that has foundations, whose designer and builder is God, otherwise known as a city not built by human hands. He was looking for something that did not exist, right? Has God built a city on the earth? No. No, Jerusalem was built by human hands, right? All those things. So he was looking for something that hadn't yet come. Right? So I understand that forward-thinking faith. We're going to get into that a little bit later. By faith, Sarah herself received power to conceive even when she was past the age since she considered him the king. She considered the king faithful who had promised. She trusted the word of the king. Therefore, from one man and him as good as dead were born descendants as many as the stars of heaven and as many as the innumerable grains of sand by the seashore. These all died in faith, not having received the things promised. Yet, even though they didn't lay hold of the thing that God had spoken to them of, they never lost faith, even to their dying breath. It said that they died in faith. Otherwise, it would have said that they died in disbelief, wouldn't it have? If they gave up. I'm sure they gave up at some points, but then they kept going. And I think that there's an important lesson here is that they had an eternal mindset. And they had a generational mindset. That they understood that, hey, this thing coming, I'm laying the foundation of something greater. As the Bible says, one man sows, another man waters, right? But it is God who provides the increase. Maybe I'm just sowing. Maybe I'm just watering. Maybe I'm just tending it. And eventually someone will reap. Right? <laughs> what does Galatians tell us, right? We will all reap a harvest as we do not grow weary in well-doing, right? And so that's the important thing is understanding. It, 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 it's not about you. It's not about me. It's not about Pastor John. I love you, Pastor John. Pastor John knows it's not about him. I think if anyone here knows, Pastor John knows it's not about him. That's right. It's about the people who are coming after us. It's about laying a foundation that can really change this city. And that's why we start off small with just this neighborhood, right? An eternal mindset that maybe I won't see it on this side of eternity, but I will see it with my God. And that's just not some 
<laughs> weird hope thing, right? People talk about, oh, it's escapism. No, it's, it's not escapism. It's I'm understanding that where I live right now, as it says in Hebrews, uh, at the very, very, very beginning of chapter 11, where it says everything seen is made up of things not seen, I understand that the supernatural world where God dwells is greater than the physical world because it was made from the supernatural world, right? We exist within that. That doesn't exist within us. It doesn't exist within our imagination. Everything was made through that, right? In fact, if we want to break that word down properly, supernatural or metaphysical, it is above the physical. It is greater than. And so I understand that though I may not see it here, the promise is there. For some reason, that is the bare minimum that God would ask us of. And that sounds like a lot. We have to understand, that's what God wants from us. Amen. Amen. I got coffee in my mustache. Oh, that's interesting. It, it's like a bib. Like, it's, it's great. And then I go like this. No, I taste it. You know, it's good. <laughs> yeah. Having seen them and greeted them from afar, that is the promises, right? and having acknowledged that they were strangers and exiles on the earth. I'm going to hit up on that later. For people who speak thus make it clear that they are seeking a homeland. They're seeking a homeland. If they had been thinking of that land from which they had gone out, they would have had opportunity to return. We see that with the children of Israel. Oh, so much better back in Egypt. Oh, Lord. Are we about to die? <laughs> I'm watching the news too much lately, man. I'm freaked out. <laughs> but it says... If they had been thinking of the land that they came from, they would have had opportunity to go back. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's crazy, right? What does that mean? Oh, you know, yeah. Abraham could have gone back to the land of the Chaldeans, right? Okay, you could go back to where you're from. You could go back to your mess that God rescued you from. You could go back at any point in time. But we don't. We reject it. Why? Because we understand that we don't really belong here. We are exiles. We are pilgrims. We are sojourners. We are seeking a homeland. And our home is found in God. Amen? So we, th- we got to think about that right there. We want to be accounted as people of faith. we got to stop taking our hand off the plowshare, turning around and looking back Amen. at where we came from. And really take a, take a lesson from Elisha, that he took everything that he had worked with with his hands, and he made it an offering to God. And he sacrificed it to God. I'm not saying go around burn bridges, but if God speaks to you, you do it. You do it. Amen? That's for me too. Believe me. If they had been thinking of that land from which they had gone out, they would have had opportunity to return. But as it is, they desire a better country, right? That's why you came to Christ, right? Because the life you were living was meaningless, and it was empty, and you found something so much better in the promises of Jesus. That is a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared for them a city. Amen? All right, I got four points to talk about. Point number one is faith is a must. If we go down here to the first two verses, Hebrews 11, 1, 1 through 2. Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen, for by the people of old received their commendation. Going on to verse 6, right? And without faith it is impossible to please him, for whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. If you want to please God, you have to believe that he exists, but also that he wants to reward you for seeking him. And we don't ever think of that, right? Oh, I'm just, I just believe that, that, that God's going to move. No, no, no. You got to believe that he's good, too. You got to believe that he's a good father, that he's kind, that he's not cruel, 
And we got to understand that when God says no, it's a greater mercy. That when God allows things to come, sometimes he allows punishment. Well, God won't punish us. Listen, okay, Ananias and Sapphira. Sorry, anyways. Um, um, God will allow bad things to happen in our life because it teaches us a lesson. I want to be the kind of guy, hey, Johnny, I want to be the kind of guy who learns his lesson before it even comes. I just, I learn from other people's lives and go, ah, I'm never going to make that mistake. But I'm not. That's not the kind of guy I am, right? And I have a toddler, and I'll tell you what, that ain't the kind of guy he is either. Hey, Johnny, don't do that. He does it anyways, and he has scars all over his face. He's a pretty cool kid, though, you know? Yeah. I got stories about him. I thought he got a concussion one time. It was in the middle of the night, and I just told Jesse, listen, we're just going to go to sleep. And if we wake up, and if he doesn't wake up, we'll deal with it then. That, 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 that's just how it is. And you know what happened? He woke up. And I was like, that's right. And he's fine. <laughs> it's okay, right? I'll tell you what, though. He learned not to jump up on top of the couch and fall sideways and hit his head on the coffee table like I told him. And guess now he thinks dad's a little bit smarter, right? Something that my dad would always say. He goes, yeah, maybe you're starting to think that old man knows a few things. And I get it. I'm like, hey, dad, I totally get why you say that. Yeah. Like, yeah, your old man understands a few things, man. If you shaved my head, you'd see all sorts of scars. I hit my head on everything. Drain pipe, rocks. My sister smacked me in the face with a belt, almost took my eye out. I didn't do anything wrong that time. That was her. She's just, you know, I love Emily. <laughs> oh, God bless him. You know, I'm not going to lie. Like, 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 what is it? You know. Hey, peanut gallery. All right. Love you, Isaac. Thank you for pulling double duty back there. Um, but... When things happen, it's because it's, it's he's good, right? And, and, and what we understand, I believe it is also here, it's Hebrews chapter 12. He says, God chastises those he loves and scourges those he calls sons. Do you guys know what scourging is? Right, right, right. In the Bible, and it says, and then they, they examined Jesus, talking about the Romans. They also talked about, and then they scourged him. They whipped him, and, and, and they removed sections of his flesh. And so if we want to get charismatic with it, God is removing the flesh, as we understand, right? God is removing sin and desires for it, right, as he cleans us. But we understand that the end product is good because he's good. Therefore, anything that God intends, anything God does is good. And that's a part of faith is understanding that God doesn't hate you. He doesn't want to throw things at you. He wants to teach you because he's your father. Amen. Because God is a good leader, and good leaders come alongside the people that they're leading and help them. And sometimes they let them figure it out themselves for a little bit. you got to get tested. That's why tests come. Part two, sorry, point two. A commandment, message, or action by God is a reflection of the kingdom. I already said that, but I I really want to drive that one home. Everything God does, everything he is, is kingdom. That's why I had us read by faith, able, accurate, Awkward. <clears throat> I actually almost said acrophized. I have no idea what that is. <laughs> uh, sound like George Bush making up words. Listen, I campaigned for him back in 2004 with my dad, right? I can make fun of him. It's fine. In Seattle, they didn't like me. They're like, what's this eight year old doing in Seattle talking about George Bush? I was like, <laughs> my dad, you know what I'm saying? By faith, actually, I would have been 10. Whatever, doesn't matter. By faith, Abel offered to God the king, right? That's why, that's why I mentioned that right there. Because every time that there's an interaction, every time that there's a way that God speaks, every time that we see something there, it is the king 
Therefore, it is kingdom. Point three, and point three and four are kind of parts one and two of the, of, of the same kind of point, but point three is a, this is not our home. Amen? And this ties into the present future, right? The, the title of the notes, it is, this isn't our home, but we carry it in some way with us wherever we go. It, it is made manifest through us, but I know there's a lot of um, denominations out there who really talk about, no, we're, we're, we're going to set up a kingdom and God's going to, Jesus is going to come and he's going to take it over, the thing that we set up. And that's just inaccurate. It's just not in the Bible. As Pastor Wes was pointing out, right, and I actually almost put those verses in here, but that's a little much. Uh, with Revelation chapters 21 and 22, he gets rid of the heaven and the earth. And he makes a new one, and then he brings that city down. Right? You really want to understand what that city is like, read Revelation chapter 22. Right? It says, there will be no sun, for the Lamb will be our light. Amen? And there will be no temple. Why? Because God is present with us in the city. Where do we worship? On the street corner, in the house, everywhere. Right? And that's what's incredible. Everything that we experience is a shadow of the things that come, and it is nothing it is nothing compared to that, what, that, to that, that will come. Whatever, I screwed that up. Which will come. There we go. That which will come. There we go. All right, Romans 8, 18, right? It says, I, I do not account the current sufferings to be anything comparable to the glory of God, which will be revealed in us in Christ Jesus, right? Something like that. I butchered it. But it is understanding. Like, whatever I go through, it doesn't even touch glory. It doesn't even touch glory. So can I use that? All the good things I experience in this life, it doesn't even touch glory. All the beautiful things I experience, they don't even touch the glory of God. And so we have to understand that while we're here, we are expecting that. This is not our home. 11.10, right? Hebrews 11.10. For he was looking forward to the city that has foundations, whose designer and builder is God. Going down to verses um, 13 through 16. These all died in faith, not having received the things promised, but having seen them and greeted them from afar. And having acknowledged that they were strangers and exiles on the earth. On the earth as a whole. Not just in the Las Vegas Valley, right? Not just in wherever they were, right? Kadesh Bernia, that's a place in the Bible, right? Any of that fun stuff. Just anywhere here. This, this isn't it. This isn't my home. My home is coming. For people who speak thus make it clear that they are seeking a homeland. If you're seeking a homeland, you're not home. And if any of us look at it and we look at life going on here and we, we think that we can make a, a nice heaven here, right? We can make a paradise here. We can make anything like that here. No, you're looking in the wrong place. You're looking in the wrong place. This is not the be-all, end-all. And that really affects us in our Christianity quite a bit. This is not the be-all, end-all. And it shouldn't be. That would suck. I, I filled up my gas tank the other day. I'm like, God, please, this cannot be what heaven is like. Are you kidding me? I thought my father owned a cattle on a thousand hills. Have you guys ever claimed that when you're like, you're like, bills are going bad? And like, you don't look at your bank statement because you know what you spent your money on, right? You're like, oh, I went to Taco Bell five times. Like, it's littered all over the floor of my room. Who eats Taco Bell in their bedroom? I don't know, right? I, well, it is what it is, right? Yeah. And you're just like, well, my father owns a cattle on a thousand hills. I do not declare this. I do not claim this. And it's like, well, it's claiming you, okay? It is claiming you. You may not want to pay that debt. You may not want to pay those bills. They're claiming you. The tax man's coming, right? The old Batman cartoon. Joker was like trying to pull these schemes. And then this one guy says, oh, no, it's, it's, the, it's the IRS. And he goes, pay them, pay them now. And the guy's like, what? And he goes, Batman's one thing. The IRS, that's a whole nother battle. 
<laughs> yeah. This isn't our home, okay? All right. <laughs> if they had been thinking of that land from which they had gone out, they would have had opportunity to return. I already talked about that, looking back at where you came from. It's not better. It never is better in the moment you step back in. Maybe once in a while it feels good, but it's not better. Right? Those drugs, they don't satisfy. That's why you got hooked is because you were trying to find that first high again, right? That girl or that guy, whatever, right? I'm just, you know, they're really not that great. Don't look them up on Facebook, but if you do look them up on Facebook, you can be like, oh, well, geez, all right, yeah, yeah. God, I'm doing good, all right, yeah, let's just move on, right? And if they do, they, they like airbrushed it, you know, whatever. It's like, oh, yeah, they don't look that good, right? Tell you what. But as it is, the desire of a better country, right? A better country that is a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed. Because of their desire to seek the things of God, God is not ashamed to be called their God. For he has prepared for them a city. What did Jesus say? I go to prepare a place for you. Right? In my Father's home are many mansions. If it were not so, why would I say? Why would I say it is if it were not so? I promise you, you can count on me right now. And my proof is my resurrection. Amen? That's why Paul said, if the resurrection is not real, we above all men should be pitied. But since it is, Every promise of God we can count on. Amen? All right, and my final point. So, obviously, right, this is not our home. We are not of this world, right? This is a christian statement, but we are not of this world, but we're still in it. So this isn't an escapism message. This isn't, oh, guys, let's go off and buy a compound and just kind of live in it and, like, wear white robes and, you know, shoot people who step on foot onto the property. You know what I mean? I ain't judging it. That's what you want to do. I'm just saying, like, I mean, you probably shouldn't shoot people. You know. I'm just saying, like, 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 there's, there's, yeah, anyways. All right, so this is, this is the world that we live in, right? It's like that song by Genesis. This is the world we live in. Thank you so much for knowing that. He's saying more songs than I can feel it. Calling in the air tonight. You know what I'm saying? Phil Collins. Oh, yeah, man, the, the, the Tarzan soundtrack. It's great. You'll be my heart. I love that song. All right, starting here in verse 9. But you are a chosen race. Peter is making an allusion to Israel. Because we understand that the Old Testament was simply just a shadow of the New Testament. And the New Testament is just a shadow of the things that come in glory. So when God chose for himself the people of Israel out of the entire world, that is a real thing that happened. As we see in the book of Revelation, Right? They have their own place in God's kingdom at the end times. But understand, it was always a shadow of the fact that God was going to choose out of the nations people for himself. Every race, every creed, every gender, all two of them, y'all. Okay, listen, we in a church, right? I'm going to be honest, all two genders, okay? I heard some nonsense. Someone called themselves demon, demon self. And I said, I don't know what that is. Clown, clown self. I watched it on TikTok. It's got to be true. But you are a chosen race. Out of all the people of the world, we are chosen. And how do we chosen? It's like Pastor West says, choose to be chosen. Accept Christ. Don't reject him. And he won't reject you. Right? If you honor me in front of all men, I will honor you in front of my father. But if you reject me in front of all men, I will reject you before my father. That's New Testament right there. You are a chosen race, a royal priesthood. A royal priesthood. Right? We get to minister to the king. 
And people say, yeah, guys, we're kings and priests. No, 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 no. We are priests, but we are priests to the king. That's the difference. We are priests to the king, a royal priesthood, right? I always lose my place. I'm like, oh, guys, guys I got a lot. Oh, crap, crap, where am I? And then it's like, and then it dies down. A holy nation, holy meaning set apart, a set apart people, a set apart. Why do we look like the rest of the world? We are set apart. We're different. We have something that they need. We don't need what they have. Sure, there's, 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 there's practical wisdom. Don't spit on someone think you're better than them. That's not at all what's going on. But we have to understand something. We cannot take in their customs if they reject God. If their customs lead us further from God, what are we doing? Oh, I'm just trying to be relevant. There's a limit to that. Honestly, there is a limit because Jesus said that they would hate you. He said, if they hate me and you're not greater than me, how much more are they going to hate you? That's a promise by God. That's a promise. He said, you better watch out when they speak well of you. Well, I don't like that Jesus said that. No, I don't like it either, but that's what he said, right? I'm not going to tell Jesus he's wrong. He's going to, Ananias and Sapphira, I don't want that, okay? A uh, people for his own possession, he wants to possess us, to lay hold of us, right? That you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light for free, for free. And watch that right there. We think, yeah, 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 yeah. We're out of here, man. Like, we don't got to worry about nothing. That you may proclaim the excellencies of him. He did this so that we can talk about him to other people. Once you were not a people, wow, we had no identity. <laughs> but now you are God's people. Once you had not received mercy. Brother Sadiq was talking about this this morning. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy mercy and that is the real that is a reality that anyone can be a part of anyone we see walking on the street they don't have mercy but they can have it they can receive it if we would lay witness to god's glorious light amen and i and i think a lot of that happened just in personal relationships not going out street corner screaming you know there's time and place for all that fun stuff but just building relationships with your coworkers and being there for them constantly and your family and your friends and your neighbors and constantly reinforcing God, oh, I'm not going to play undercover Christian. I'm not going to hide it. I'm not going to bust it out at the right moment. I'm going to unashamedly be a Christian, but I'm also going to be a human being, and I'm going to talk to them. Yeah. Amen? And I'm going to show them that Christians are people too, and that your life isn't just sitting in a closet, like, you know, sitting in front of, like, a candle, like, worshiping Jesus for 24 hours of the day, right? It is, hey, you know what? I glorify God when I do anything. But I do set aside time for my God because I love him. Amen? Beloved, I urge you as sojourners and exiles, pilgrims, right, to abstain from the passions of the flesh, which wage war against your soul. See, he requires something of us. Say no to the world. It wants you. I want you more, right? And I think he deserves us just a little bit more. Going down to verse 12. Keep your conduct among the Gentiles. So right here he's saying you guys are going to have to interact with the people who don't know me. He requires us to interact with people who don't know him. Keep your conduct among the Gentiles honorable so that when they speak against you as evildoers, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day of visitation. They won't be surprised when I come because you prepared the way. You prepared the way. Amen? So I think if, if there's a, a call to action, and, and with this I'm, I'm going to end, um, I, I think the, the call to action is this. Understand something. We are preparing the way for the kingdom of God. We think that's just a John the Baptist thing. That's just an Isaiah prophecy. Or maybe that's a bit of, <clears throat> sorry, of what Jesus said. No, no, John the Baptist was, pre was preparing the way for the Messiah. Yeah. 
the Messiah has come, and now he's given us the great commission to go out and prepare the way for his coming kingdom. Amen? To warn people. We're watchmen on the walls. If the watchman doesn't shout out the warning, the watchman is condemned even more so, right? We can't be scared because greater is he than me and he who is in the world. Understanding what, like Elijah, when his disciples freaking out, or it's Elisha, one of those two names, they sound the exact same, and he's, he's panicking, and he says, God, that you would open up his eyes, that he could see that greater are they who are with us than they who are against us. And he saw the whole host of heaven surrounding. And I'll tell you what, even if the worst happens and, and, and you die, that doesn't mean you failed, it doesn't mean you sucked, it doesn't mean that God fails you. It means that God's purposes, they're good, right? It means God wanted to bring you home and that you died in faith. I, man, I wish I brought it. I, I, I had a book on the, the early church, um, and there's this testimony from this um, young woman. She was a slave. It was in Rome, and they found out that she was a Christian. So they took her in, and they started beating her and you know, trying to make her renounce her faith. Like It was crazy the kind of stuff that they would do. And a lot more Christians, a lot of like slaves, were scared until they saw her stand strong and take the pain and take the punishment, take the beatings. And they began to proclaim Christ and they began to get brought in. And they would get tormented. And for some reason, they would die in the torment process, but not her. And she didn't die until every single one of the Christians who had been found died. She died last. But her faith allowed these Christians to stand in faith. And her punishment allowed them to stand in faith that they died in faith. And someone seeing this wrote about it, and they said that she was almost like a mother. And she was ushering her children into life before she then followed them after. And it was a beautiful. I really wish that I, I, I could have read it. I, I forgot it. But um, your, your faith, even in the midst of the hardest circumstances, right? you are helping people stand up for the things of God proclaiming the kingdom of God because that's what people need. They need to understand that when you accept God, you are part of something that is amazing, that is eternal, and that nothing can touch it. And you have security in him. So if I have a call to action, it is this. Live it, please. Don't hide it underneath a basket. Take it out. Make it a part of your life. Incorporate the kingdom. Incorporate God into everything you do and proclaim his goodness. Amen? All right, I'm going to go ahead and pray. Father, we pray, God, that you would help us. God, help us be worthy of your name. Help us be worthy of your son's sacrifice. Help us be worthy of the call that you've given us, God, which is an amazing call, God, which is wonderful, God, which is great. And in our sin, in our flesh, God, we don't deserve it, God, but you have changed us, God. If any man be in Christ Jesus, he is a new creation, God, and that we are new, we are set apart, God, we are set free, Lord, and I thank you for the honor that you've given us, God. So, Lord, I pray that you would help us be firm, Stand strong and live this out, God. In Jesus' mighty name, amen.